support of all men in front. This is what I came to do. This kid ain't afraid to lead a stoop. Spread my wings, fly and lead a coop. Life is just a big bowl of soup. You already know that I'm pouring a cup and that I'm packing a bowl and I'm lighting it up. I'm bringing the heat, I'm searing the cut. So if you want beef, then I'm searing it up. She bringing the funk, a little tears to talk. I ain't a punk, I give her what she wants. She bringing the funk, a little tears to talk. But I ain't a punk, I give her what she wants. Sugar and I came to shine. I'ma pop it off. I ain't wasting time. 
Oh man, totally botched. Totally botched, ladies and gentlemen. Totally botched this introduction, but we are going to swing right back into it. Oh man, guys, guys, are you with me? I totally, yes, totally fumbled it. (laughs) Totally fumbled it. Um, What we were trying to do before we got the episode started was talk about this incredible event that our lovely guest, KH Guides here, is putting on in March. So before we get into this topic that I'm sure so many of us want to just dive headfirst into, could you give a little brief discussion not only on what this KH20 event is, but what it is that you do, Mr. KH Guides, and let this be your welcome back to the Landy Lodge. (laughs) Thank you, Landy. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much for having me. So in terms of KH20, um, guys, we're like about a month away from the 20th anniversary oh, of Kingdom high. Hearts, which is wild. Absolutely wild. So we're celebrating online with a 20-day online event series where content creators can sign up to be a part of that schedule. If you are a content creator and you love Kingdom Hearts, we'd love to have you join that online event schedule. You have until actually tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's the deadline to submit your applications there. Um, we're also hosting a three-day in-person celebration in Austin, Texas. Uh, March 25th to the 27th, we have a ton of incredible events planned. We've got a Kingdom Hearts cosplay contest. We've got a voice actor table read where fans can voice their favorite characters in the Kingdom Hearts series from their favorite scenes. Um, We're going to have Kingdom Hearts trivia, Kingdom Hearts quiplash. You can also design your own Keyblade at KH20. Um, Someone someone who you might be familiar with, Landy, um, we got the Landy Lodge live happening at KH20. Landy Lodge live. I didn't know. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, we I got Landy Lodge live. I don't know who that is. Happening. It's a very tacky name. I'm not sure I'll be tuning in. I, yeah, I don't know about that guy. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a uh, Smash Brothers tournament called the Sora Only Smashdown that's going to be co-hosted by uh, again the Landy Lodge as oh, well as our amazing friend Treehouse. Yes, let's go. Uh, we also have Kingdom Carts. It's actually a live go kart race for our 30 VIP badge holders. That's going to be fantastic. Um, we have a ton of other events too that I don't even have on my list. Like um, our, our amazing friend and legendary Kingdom Hearts speedrunner Violin is going to do a Super Boss showcase where he's going to take on, and I'm not going to say the name for spoilers, but the final Super Boss in Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind blindfolded. He's not even going to look, which I think is fantastic. Um, our badges that are VIP, our VIP badges are sold out at this point, but we still have some standard badges available. If you want to purchase a badge or check out the full event schedule, go to khguides.com slash kh20. And we also have some social accounts. It's kh20th on Twitter and Instagram. We also have some major news coming soon on that event front, but super excited about that. Um, in terms of whatever this is, I am khguides. We manage khguides.com. Um, obviously huge Kingdom Hearts fan, major Disney fan, which is part of, part of why I'm here. Um, we also have a YouTube channel where we post our video tutorials for the Kingdom Hearts series. We do boss battles. We do the mini games. We do, um, game mechanic explanations, um, all that good stuff. And we also stream on Twitch. We do uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and every 13th of the month on, uh, on every Twitch. 13th. Every 13th. We got the 13th challenge. And what is the 13th challenge? Every month on the 13th, we continue our current challenge run. Right now we're doing Kingdom Hearts 2 level one critical. And I look, I'm not a challenge runner. So it's usually just a lot of nonsense and a lot of fun. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of failure. It's a lot of failing upwards. Failure is um, fun. Uh, failure is a lot yeah, of fun. Especially it is. It actually is. Especially it, it, look, watch. yeah. 
in terms of Kingdom Hearts, failure is learning, honestly. And that's that's part that's part of why the whole cage guides verse exists is because it's a lot of failing upwards and just learning from those mistakes and it's it's a fun journey it's fun well i'll say this um you know i've been tuning into your channel for a long time now especially over on twitch um dude you're you're a lot of fun you're a lot of fun to watch you're very engaging with your audience and you're very very professional i know i say it to you all the time but you know i can never say it too much so i really think you're one of the best streamers on the twitch platform i think everybody needs to head over there and follow him i've got his links in the episode description please let me fact check myself on that yes if you're watching <laughs> on youtube i've got all his links in the episode description please give this man a follow he's coming up on a thousand followers on youtube let's try and get him over that hump as best we can and without Further ado, I see we got all the sickos pouring in over on YouTube and the best mod of the game, Charlotte, on Twitch. But let's get into this, guys. Do you want to lead off? Let's just dive right in, maybe with a couple opening statements. The reason why we're doing this, you know, you're someone who was primarily brought into the series by the Disney factor. I'm somebody who was br primarily brought into the series by the Final Fantasy factor. So I think that gives us two unique perspectives to have this discussion. But do you want to kind of give your opening statement first and kind of give your overall take on the uh, topic? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start I'll start with an origin story. Very, very short. Let's go. Um, wh when I was a kid, I, I was actually, I think I was actually 14 when Kingdom Hearts w uh, first released. So I was the same age as Sora, ironically. Wow. And I remember being in, I think it was Target, and seeing the front cover of Kingdom Hearts 1 for PS2. And I was, I've never seen anything like it. It, it. it immediately got my attention. And I was like, wait, there are Disney characters on, on this cover, but it looks so serious. Who are these anime characters with spiky hair? And um, I asked my parents at the time, I was like, hey, I want this game for Christmas. And they they delivered. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, and so um, with that, my I guess my Kingdom Hearts journey started off. And I fell in love because I grew up on Disney, classic Disney, modern Disney, and everything in between. And so uh, being able to play a game that was kind of in line with that RPG genre that I, that I loved uh, playing as a teen and now into my adult life, as well as having the Disney element in there that felt very nostalgic, um, it just felt perfect. It was like, you know, I, I always use this phrase, and Mrs. Guys hates me for it, but it's lightning in a bottle. Kingdom Hearts, especially one, was lightning in a bottle. It was like the right, like just experience for the right time for the right people, um, myself included. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because of that experience and experiencing the the series as we've had of it so far, I feel like the Disney portion is crucial to the formula. Um, that being said, it's not always perfect. There are definitely good examples of Disney inclusion and interactivity, and there are also aspects, or, or I guess, uh, experiences in Kingdom Hearts where the Disney element feels kind of like the coat on top, where the the real beef mm -hmm. of the uh, the game is in its actual unique gameplay or its unique characters. Yeah, uh, and just to give my sentiment, very similar to you, I think I was. I think I was um, maybe 11 years old when the first Kingdom Hearts came out. And I had a few Disney movies that I really, really liked. Like, I, I, I'd always watch some Disney, but probably just, like, the normal amount. Um, but, you know, seeing, like, the genie from Aladdin, Simba, Cloud Strife, and, like, Squall in one commercial, I was like, what is even happening? Like, it kind of broke my reality a little bit. Because these were two things that always existed very separate from one another. And even at that younger age, I was able to conceive, like, yeah, Disney's made in America, Square Enix made in Japan. And then when that commercial came on and Simple Clean was playing, I was like, it was like overload. And I was like, well, I need to see what this is about. 
Um, so even though like primarily I was brought in by, from like the Final Fantasy, Disney has always been a part of my childhood. My family took me to Disney World many, many, many times. Um, you know, some of my earliest memories are watching some Mickey Mouse cartoons and stuff like that, or going, uh, you know, watching The Lion King with my family in our old living room, stuff like that. Like some of my earliest like memories, and you know, that's very, very on brand for Kingdom Hearts. Um, but you know, I, I kind of fall in line with you here, where it's like. Disney is not the problem with Kingdom Hearts by no stretch of the imagination, but they do have a couple, I would say, Disney problems. But at the same time, I would even tell you that they have some Final Fantasy problems, but we'll get into that later in the podcast. It's very much in line with what you were saying, where it's like, for me especially, I'm in love with what I'll call, I guess, the legacy Disney characters in the series. The Mickeys, Donald, Goofy, Yen Sid... Fairy Godmother, Maleficent, P, Jiminy Cricket, like all those sort of like legacy characters. I absolutely love them in this series. I think they're crucial to the plot. I, I love the, the cutscenes that they're involved in. I guess to me, as a big anime fan, to me, a lot of the times visiting these Disney worlds feels like filler arcs, which isn't a bad thing. All the best animes have some filler, right? Kingdom Hearts, in many ways, isn't very different. Um, but I do have to wonder what the future of the series looks like when you have Nomura saying things like he wants to mix up the formula. And I have to imagine what that means is either one, making the Disney worlds more integral to the plot like they were in Kingdom Hearts 1, because since Kingdom Hearts 1, they've been waning in relevance. You know, they kind of go a little bit up and down. Um, but in Kingdom Hearts 1, they were woven into the plot very fluently. And since then, I kind of am in line with what you were saying, that it's kind of working as like a coat on top sometimes while the meat is hiding underneath. Um, do you think, what do you think would be the best direction for the series moving forward when it comes to this? Because let's just, just to reiterate, there's no separating Disney and Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is Disney. Disney is Kingdom Hearts. I think what we're trying to talk about and discuss here is what's the balance here? Is it worth cutting back on Disney worlds to give those like legacy characters more scenes? You know, does going to less Disney worlds mean we're going to spend more time at Mysterious Tower? You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Where, where's your mind going with all of this? It's kind of hard to say. For my, my for myself personally, my personal opinion is I'd love to see more of the classic Disney element back in Kingdom Hearts. Like uh, as you said, even with the later titles that we've received recently, there's a lot more focus on modern Disney, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I think um, historically, the Disney elements that got included in the games kind of match the technological capability at the time. The so. PlayStation 2 was a perfect console to use for uh, portraying classic Disney films. Like you still had the 3D element, but mm -hmm. it still felt like it came from those classic 2D animated motion pictures. Whereas now that we have the PS4 and now the PS5, um, the tech can do a lot more. So you can, you know, have uh, movies that look frame for frame very similar, like uh, Frozen or um, I was about to say Rapunzel, Tangled. Um, yeah, so like it was cropped right out of the film. It was incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of those were shot for shot. Yeah. Uh, why they reanimated it, I, I don't I, know. Could, should have just drag and dropped, bro. Could have saved millions. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really hard to say, like, what is the right direction for the series to take when it comes to the inclusion of Disney? I know that with the recent developments, especially in Remind, um, and I guess per, by extension, Melody of Memory, uh, we do see a kind of a... Um, 
a new possibility now with, and obviously I'm going to start talking about those spoilers. So watch out for spoilers, yeah. you guys, when it, when it comes if to the end. If you haven't done Remind or Melody of Memory, this is your chance to get out because we're going to yeah. <laughs> dive right into it. Exactly. So we have, we now have these, this concept of the world of fiction where yes. we're supposed to assume that their, their current realm or world is the world of reality. And now there, there's this unreality. And I feel like that inclusion at least in my mind, makes me think that they're going to take a lot more creative freedom as to the properties that are going to be in the future of Kingdom Hearts. We have had a lot of classic Disney uh, at, at the beginning of the series, and even with some of the later titles like Birth by Sleep, which obviously is a prequel, so the classic Disney element fits really well there. Yes. But with the more modern stuff, we have inclusions that are kind of all over the place. We have like Tron. I don't yeah. think anyone like knew Tron was coming no, um, in Kingdom not. Hearts 2. And, and we got Legacy later on. And that was a very, like, for me, that was a huge surprise to be like, why did they pick Tron? It's, it's relatively things. obscure. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like with this concept of unreality or fiction, especially now that Disney has acquired so much intellectual property with Marvel and Star Wars, and mm -hmm. I probably can't think of anything. 20th Century <laughs> Fox, those too. I think they acquired yeah, 20th Century 20th Fox. Yeah, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, Anastasia, Disney Princess. Can Anastasia yeah. be in Mars? I don't know. <laughs> but but it's, it's interesting to, I guess, theorize where they're going to take the series. I feel like that whole unreality concept is going to give them an allowance to go other places. And I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious to what they're going to do. Personally, I would love to see classic Disney. I feel like it, it has that right magical fit for Kingdom Hearts. I think so whereas too. some of the most modern, some of the more modern inclusions feel a bit more, not adult, but just less magical. And part of that is a nostalgia factor. I totally recognize that there's a nostalgia <laughs> factor in a lot of the classic Disney for me, which is why I enjoy it. And it's, it's, it's very important that we we extract the nostalgia that I feel for something um, versus something that's just objectively like a good fit. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to say where it's going to go. I think I'm going to be happy either way. But if, if I were if I were in the driver's seat, I would love to see more classic Disney for sure. I'm with you in that sense. I think a blend of old and new might be great because I've always wondered. And this is again where, you know, they can really take Disney worlds and make them a whole like a whole different experience than we're used to. Think about what you could do at Wreck-It Ralph. You've got a Disney World where you basically have the Grand Central Station of video games. You, you right. Know, you like, we're already like breaking fourth walls and tangling people's minds with unreality and, you know, Yazora being from a video game and all of that. Now imagine you throw Wreck-It Ralph into the mix and you're in this, again, like a Grand Central Station of different video games. Uh, one thing I think I would like to see is like, you know how, like, in Kingdom Hearts 1, you go to Traverse Town, and it's like, all the Final Fantasy characters are kind of homeless. You know, they came from Hollow Bash and Radiant Garden, and, like, they're kind of lost in this, like, little limbo world where they're trying to get back to where they came from. I know there's things like the world order in reality, but in unreality, it, it would seem like the rules are a little more loose. Can you imagine we had a bunch of different Disney properties, like, scattered around Quadratum, who are kind of just homeless, like the Final Fantasy characters used to be? And that could be a way to, like, imagine you could get, like, Iron Man to interact with, um, let me pluck something from real long ago, or something just, uh, like, I don't know. Help, help me out here. Combine an old property and a new property, and imagine them both being, like, lost in Quadratum together. I don't know. The possibilities yeah. seem endless there, too. 
That's true. And Quadratum, like everyone's theories about Quadratum being like a hub for Square Enix Square characters because of the whole like Quad Square for all, all the all the elements there are are possible. And I know, look, Nomura is no uh, he's not shy when it comes to crossovers. He's no. not. Um, obviously, with Kingdom Hearts three, we've seen a um, I guess decline if you want to use that word uh, of Final Fantasy characters we got we got a few yeah, in Remind. i want to talk about this definitely yeah and uh but other than that it, it really just focused on the main characters uh that are unique to the kingdom hearts plot which is understandable they had a lot of closure planned for kingdom hearts 3 that had to focus on a lot of the characters they introduced but now with this i guess phase two as they've uh, like coined the term for the future of kingdom hearts mm -hmm. i don't know if that means that they're going to revisit the original formula and have more new character well not new but like existing characters cross over are we going to see other final fantasy characters like lightning from final fantasy 13 or uh, or uh, characters from eight or nine that we haven't mm -hmm. met yet and i i it's interesting I, I i would love to see it honestly i would love to see more crossover but more importantly i would love to see more interactivity with those characters i feel like that's the element yes that where yes. you have a solution uh, or a problem that could be mm -hmm. like disney is great as an addition or it's bad and one of the ex one of the good examples i have for interactivity or or immersion um and i hate to use kingdom hearts one as an example because i love it so much and i feel like i'm a bit biased with it no that's the root. those are the roots baby those are the roots yeah, yeah. I just uh, some of some of the worlds have really good immersion while still including elements from those films wonderland which is one of the first worlds you go to has a really interesting element Gosh. of immersion in that when you encounter the queen of hearts and you're uh you're uh tasked with gathering the evidence for alice's innocence the whole evidence concept is not from the film at all nope. that that's not how it went so having an element that is brand new it has nothing to do with the plot where sora as the character interacts with the world directly and interjects yes. himself into the world order that's the piece where the disney element is perfect that's where it feels like you are in the game. There's a mesh there that really, really works. And it's a part of it's really good writing. Um, another part of it is whatever Disney will allow them to do. Another mm -hmm. example from maybe Kingdom Hearts 2 is Timeless River. So Yo. again, another kind of surprise inclusion. Yes. Like super old school call out, but the concept of time travel and being included in that world and the interactivity between the past and the future was really great in my opinion. I felt like it, it felt really it felt really good in in the formula it didn't feel like oh you got supplanted into timeless river and then the cartoon and, played and then you got out of it and, and now that's how mickey discovered the keyblade you know what i mean it now ropes itself into the timeline that you know you travel back in time and you interact with mickey in this way and now he's curious about these things and that's where he goes to seek out yen sid and you know i'm totally with you there where instead of sora being along for the ride so to say, where he's like almost just kind of interfering where he needs to to make sure the movie goes the same way. I kind of like him being almost like a disruptor. Like he shows up and now it splits things off into different events. You know, because think about it, right? Like all those Disney movies, they've all got happy endings, right? Like it, it kind of works in the way it do. Okay, I got you, I got you. Go like that, that's a good point. Yeah. Most of them anyway. But it's yeah. like, imagine like Sora showing up was a threat to that happy ending. You know what I mean? Right. Like it knocked things yeah. off course and he's got to pull them back in. 
Um, exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. Like one of the one of the uh, examples that I have where I feel like there was no immersion at all and there's no interjection mm -hmm. was uh, Arendelle in Kingdom Hearts three. That was I, a lot of it was shot for shot from the film, which is okay in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But Sora never interjects. You just watch the movie happen from uh, kind of like on the sidelines. Yeah. And um, it just it just kind of happens that way. There's no. There's very limited interactivity between Sora and any of the other characters, and it just felt like, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, I think you mentioned you'd been to like Disneyland or Disney World. Yes. Um, there, at MGM Studios, they have a movie called The Great Movie Ride, where you basically just ride um, through this like dark room ride, and it's all these different like iconic scenes from Disney films and other like Hollywood Studios films, and it, it, those worlds in Kingdom Hearts feel like that. Like you see it but you don't interact with it. Like, here's a cutscene featuring the character from the film, and here's the actual footage of the film. Now go fight some Heartless, and go climb a mountain. Don't interact with anything, just go fight some Heartless. And then once you get up there, you're gonna watch Let It Go from the movie, and a glove is gonna hit Goofy in the face, and that's it. And it just, uh, like, there's no immersion there. I'm there's no interjection. I'm glad you yeah. brought this up, because I think this is what, again, Disney's not the problem, but this is definitely a Disney problem where there are just some properties like Frozen that Disney is very, very careful about. Now, there are some, right. and like, look, you should look, people should look into this for themselves. Don't take my word for it. But there are some people who have like dove through the data and found that there was like a whole other Arendelle that was built. Like there was other things we were supposed to do. I forget what his name is. He's like, uh, he's the guy who does like, he's the guy who like does all the video game theories. He might even just be called the video game theorist. I, f I forget his name at this point. Oh, it might be Matt Pat. It might be Matt Pat. I'm trying to remember, but he did like a whole deep dive on this, that apparently Square had a whole other vision for Arendelle where like Elsa was going to be really tempted by the darkness. And that was going to kind of be the inner struggle. Um, but you know, Disney had a lot of control over that particular property. And look, Let's be honest, we've got two new Princesses of Heart in Arendelle. Arendelle's coming back. You know, that wasn't just set up to be a one-off feature. That was set up to be something that's going to be recurring. One thing that worries me is that where It is Matt Pat. Thank you, Twilight Blaze. Um, but one thing that worries me is that when Arendelle comes back, is it just going to be Frozen 2 the same way? Or And Square has proven that they can learn from their mistakes, but it's not Square that I'm necessarily worried about when it comes to this. It's Disney, per se. Do you think Disney might... Like, after doing Kingdom Hearts 3 the way they wanted, might give Nomura a little bit more leeway? I don't know, actually. And, and, and you're absolutely right about Disney's heavy hand when it comes to decisions that go into the Kingdom Hearts games. I mean, not even just the plot, the entire world itself. They have to negotiate that with Disney. And like you said, Disney is very um, intense, almost religious about the portrayal of their characters. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not... Um, they're not going to give Square Enix or Nomura himself um, as much creative freedom as they did with Kingdom Hearts 1. And part of that right. feels like, I don't know, a change of the guard a little bit at Disney. Definitely. I think in 2002 and I guess prior in, in the development, the 90s, it was a lot more loose when it came to uh, creative mashups. And, yeah. and honestly, just like the Disney brand. They weren't, it wasn't as defined as it was nowadays. So I feel like Nomura got a lot of um i don't know he had a lot of decision making himself when it came to kingdom hearts one which is why you got a lot of the interactivity and the combat that you did and it felt like a more cohesive product when these two ips merged yeah but now with kingdom hearts 3 and maybe kingdom hearts 2 a little bit 
where you don't really get a lot of that interactivity and the characters are portrayed like uh, as they would be in the film which is fine i would love it to be accurate and like have call outs to the original source material but for them to not interact very directly with the kingdom hearts characters that's where i feel that the formula breaks and that is where the disney problem lies is you know not being able to have that mesh that immersion happen and you know what's interesting it almost seems like it's it's specific to the property right because where that was necessarily a problem in arendelle i don't think that was a problem in olympus you know what i'm saying uh you know where yeah. it might have been a problem in you know pirates of the caribbean even though it's good with jack sparrow i'll say that sora with jack sparrow have good interactions it's everybody else yeah that kind of feels like a periphery in cage three but whereas it kind of fell a little short there in kingdom of Car- oh I, that word is it's a bad word now but anyway in, <laughs> in the kingdom of koof um Rap- like rapunzel's inner and flynn's interactions with sora feel very feel very organic and feel very um you know fluent like it belongs like there are even people who, who thought Sora and Rapunzel made a cute couple and you know you kind of need more of that that's that's just a sign that the chemistry was working very well that the characters were interacting well with one another but I want to go back a little bit to something you were talking about earlier where one thing that I think is a problem is that the Final fan like when this series started right when you get to KH1 you have Final Fantasy here and like Disney here, Disney's a little bit elevated because like Donald and Goofy are in your party. But when it comes to like the background characters, it is relatively split even. We've gotten to a point now where the scale has gone. Disney is the weight of the scale and Final Fantasy is way up here. And I, I'm willing to bet, I don't know, but I think the only reason we even got Final Fantasy characters in Remind was because fans voiced their complaints about that. And, you know, they gave us what we wanted. It was good to see the Final Fantasy characters come back. But somebody like me, I, I want to see that balance restore a little bit more. I, like this, the crossover was just as much about Disney as it was about Final Fantasy. And I know some people like to make the argument, oh, we have all these original characters now. And that's true. And that's why I think both Disney, like, never mind, I'm going on a tangent a little bit. But anyway. No, I love it. <laughs> the, the Kingdom Hearts characters don't qualify as Final Fantasy characters. You know, they might look like Final Fantasy characters, but that doesn't count. You know, it might be a Square Enix influence, but to me, that doesn't count. Sora is still a Disney character at the end of the day. So to yeah. me, Square is as far, and even though with, I just want to make it clear, Kingdom Hearts 3 is my favorite in the series, but I think Final Fantasy has been, has been grossly underrepresented in Kingdom Hearts since those days. And I'd like to see that restored a little more. And it appears that Yazora might be a vehicle that helps to restore that, even though he's an original Kingdom Hearts character. We all know where, where he came from. Um, I don't know. Do you think we get more Final Fantasy? Do Because I know a lot of fans, you were talking about that earlier too, a lot of fans think Quadratum's going to be a way to bring Square properties in. I'm one of them. I think the world ends with you, gang, makes a comeback. I think we see the, the next round between Cloud and Sephiroth. I think all of that is on the horizon. But... Where do you fall as, do you, do you think Final Fantasy characters should be carrying a little bit more weight? For me personally, I want them to carry more weight. Um, I feel like their absence in Kingdom Hearts 3 did feel, you, you felt it. You felt you the felt absence it. of those characters. You felt um, I, I really, one, one of my favorite examples of an inclusion of the Final Fantasy character comes from Kingdom Hearts 2. It's Auron in Olympus Coliseum. Yes. He was a party yes. member. No. The way they included Auron in the concept of the underworld is perfect. 
You you we have the FF Final 10, Fantasy right? X callbacks. Yes, I love it. It's so, my favorite yeah, Final it's Fantasy. It's a perfect callback to FF10's. Perfect. It's so good. Perfect. Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing about it. It nope. was like the perfect inclusion in that world. And his interactions with Hades, when that happened, the first time I was like, that is the Kingdom Hearts formula. Metal. That so right metal. there yes. did it for me. That yes. was so cool. Yes, and so I would honestly love for the future of Kingdom Hearts to include more Final Fantasy characters. I, I've i heard uh, those in the community voice that, oh yeah, uh, Final Fantasy is like a crutch that they needed to use in Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2. But now that we have these unique characters and so many of them, we don't need them anymore. And I disagree. I feel like the more the merrier. Like, we already know that Kingdom Hearts as a series is complex, mm-hmm. and some say convoluted. I would agree with that too. But I feel like you, you shouldn't have to make cuts that way, especially if there is a large portion of the fan base who will really enjoy seeing those uh, Final Fantasy characters, not only as cameos, but even party members. I yeah. personally would love to see Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen. Absolutely. I feel like her character, especially interacting with someone uh, like Kairi or Riku, maybe not even Sora, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like that would be really, a really cool dynamic between the characters. And that's just one example. There are, There's I plenty. mean, at this point, hundreds. Yeah. There are hundreds of Final Fantasy characters established. What about a Gilgamesh battle? We've never seen any form of Gilgamesh in Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. That could be a very great source of humor oh, in yeah. the series. Um, I would love to see Cloud and Sephiroth come back. Obviously, it's mainstays, especially because we did not get that Sephiroth fight in three. I, I know. Feel like I feel like most reviews would probably bump it up a star if, if it, if it had that boss. Yeah, if it had that sort of uh, secret boss fight. Exactly. And but I, that's no, why I I'm totally going to have agree. a little faith. I'm going to have a little faith that it was being saved for something. I'm going to have a little faith. I could be wrong. I hope so. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to have a little faith that they were saving that for something. But I can't help but think that you're right, you know? Like, seeing the Final Fantasy characters interact with the Disney properties, like, again, like somebody, Shadow Flare in the chat is saying, like, that's peak Kingdom Hearts. Like, that's what, that's what we came for. Like, yeah, man, like, give, give me Barrett running his mouth to Maleficent. Like, you know, yes. give, give me that. Like, yes, that's what I'm here Absolutely. for. Absolutely. You know, it's the interaction. The interaction is it. Like, yes. the action is great. We, lo- we all love the combat and mm-hmm. how it flows. But the cutscene interaction between characters, I think, is really crucial to that formula. And you, and you brought up, you know, interacting with Maleficent. One of my favorite elements of Kingdom Hearts 1 is all the villains conspiring together. Yes. The the round table in Hollow Bastion with all the Disney villains around it. They didn't really revisit that after one, and I think that's a huge bummer. Like, obviously, we've seen Maleficent interact with many other villains, but w- only within the context of their world. Yes. We have Pete as, like, a sidekick. That's fine. Pete's great. He's great for, like, uh, He's a comic group. relief. He's a good group. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's a good, he's a good grunt character. Um, but I would love to see more of those like that villains conspiring it it felt like something that's like oh that's out of place i yeah. i now see maleficent talking with jafar and oogie boogie and and hook and that felt really really cool especially the mm-hmm. first time you see it in kingdom hearts when you're like oh stuff's about to go down with these villains and i really wish that we would go back to that in the future of kingdom hearts honestly even final fantasy villains if you're wanting to do uh, final fantasy characters you got villains too get here look we don't necessarily go back to that round table right but what about just the world where maleficent conspires with sephiroth you know two cat you know that that wouldn't be too much of a stretch um but you know it, it stands to reason i think one of the reasons why this conversation is happening is because kingdom hearts has gotten to a point where there's so many moving parts. 
There's so many characters that have all come into play. Now that the foretellers are back, you know, now that all the guardians have been revived, you know what I mean? It's like, we got like four guardians back and lost one. We lost Sora, but we got four, we got four back. It's like, unless Kingdom Hearts is going to start becoming a 40, 50 hour RPG, they're going to have to change some things to flesh this stuff out fluently. And I keep coming back to what Nomura said in a recent interview that they're looking to changing the Kingdom Hearts formula. And we've talked about that many times on this podcast because it's so vague. Nobody knows what that means. What does that mean? Does that mean we're not hopping from Disney World to Disney World? Uh, Does that mean the combat is going to be a little bit different? Does that mean the narrative structure is going to be different? Does that mean the characters we play? It could mean, it could literally mean so many different things. And we're just not going to know until I guess we see a gameplay trailer. Um, right. But with that said, with them talking about mixing up the formula and with there actually being so many original characters and so many original plots and subplots moving, like, what are the odds they're able to find this balance between Kingdom Hearts and Disney again? And what, what is it that you think they should do? Because, you know, if Kingdom Hearts is going to remain a 20 to 30 hour RPG, with everything that's going on, I'm not sure we have time for seven Disney Worlds anymore. Again, unless we're going to bump this up and be a 40-hour RPG, I don't know if we have time for Disney Worlds and Unreality and Scala and Kylum. You know, it's a, that's, there's a lot of stuff moving right now. I almost feel like they have to do something. Something has to mix up here. Uh, if they do change the formula in terms of going from Disney World to Disney World, what do you think that looks like? Does that mean now there's... Uh, more diverse diet of original worlds and unreality and stuff? Or do you think that means that we might go to one big hub world like unreality where everything is sort of a mess and all the crossovers are kind of having in, happening in this one hub? And maybe by Quadratum, there's four different sectors, right? And you've got like the Yazora sector and the Master of Masters sector and then the Disney sector and then the Square Enix sector. It's like there's all these different possibilities. So when you hear Nomura say change up the formula... Where does your gut go? Do you see it being about all this Disney stuff and the Final Fantasy stuff, or where does your where does your brain kind of go when you hear that? My my heart goes to the Disney stuff. I would love to see um, it, him bring it back to Kingdom Hearts One, but that doesn't really sound like changing the formula to me. So my heart says I want more Disney, but my mind thinks I don't think Nomura has gotten what he's wanted with the Disney element in Kingdom Hearts since maybe halfway through two. I feel like so. with Kingdom Hearts 1, he got a lot of what he wanted. With Kingdom Hearts 2, it, there was probably some compromise. With Kingdom Hearts 3 and all the modern properties that it had, I feel like Disney was very heavy-handed with that. And I feel like that might, and I'm obviously purely conjecture, but I feel like that probably made Nomura decide that this new direction or change in formula might have something to do with his easier access to a Square Enix IP. So the the concept of Quadratum, especially with what happened to Versus 13, where he could probably revive some of those ideas in Verum Rex yes. and this concept of Quadratum that we could probably more easily see, um, you know, Final Fantasy characters that we have not seen yet or those that we have seen in the past that we want, you know, brought back. Um, and I, I don't know what that balance would look like. Maybe it is less Disney. I, I like taking the Disney element out entirely is probably not on the table. Definitely um, not. Nor, nor would I want it to be. I, I like, I, I feel like Disney when it's done well, it, especially with the immersion factor is an important piece to the formula. Um, especially when it comes to keeping the game grounded in fantasy. 
So, mm-hmm. like, if you take out all Disney and you keep, maybe even keep the Final Fantasy and you just have the Kingdom Hearts characters, um, it's very anime. It's very almost overtly serious. Yeah. And I feel like the Disney element keeps it grounded in that, like, fairy tale fantasy. Yes. It's not, it's not always sugar sweet. There's some intense stuff that happens in Kingdom Hearts, some pretty deep subjects sometimes. But having that element there really just keeps it grounded there and it makes sure that the series does not take it itself too seriously and i don't want that for kingdom hearts like Me i either. want to have that disney element i saw but also i feel like without the disney element in there the square enix exclusive elements that the, the kind of anime feel that it has i think it'll blow it out of proportion i feel mm. like it would be much too serious it would be way too focused on a particular factor that people are going to pick apart and I feel like having the balance of this like fairy tale fantasy and this action packed with weapons kind of feel that, that juxtaposition really does that juxtaposition exactly. of the two of them kind of they kind of feed into each other they enhance the effects they both have just because like you said they they're very different but they complement one another you know uh, Kingdom Hearts without the Square Enix influence is too silly and lighthearted. But Kingdom Hearts without the Disney influence would be too serious and too, you know, too too dark hearted, let's call it. You know right. what I'm saying? Just to yes. put it in Kingdom Hearts terms. Exactly. Know? But, you know, it, it's interesting to think about. It's interesting to think about because to me, like you said, there's no doing Kingdom Hearts without Disney. You can't take the full element out. Just to talk about my own personal experience, again, as somebody who was brought into this series from Final Fantasy, I'll never forget sitting in my room in my old apartment playing Kingdom Hearts 3, when Sora says he's going to go after Xehanort, he's going to, you know, dive into his heart, take care of business, he starts walking towards it, and there's this shot of Sora's feet walking, and then slowly into the frame come Donald and Goofy, and the music with the violins hits at just the right time, and dude, I choked up like a baby. Because it just, like, hit me, right? It hit me. Because I, I, I had this sort of similar gripe as some people where I'm like, man, I wish the Guardians of Light had more screen time. Man, I wish all, all these other heroes with the Keyblade had more time, more influence. But then it kind of hit me in that moment where I was like, no, this is Sora, Donald, and Goofy's journey. And it always has been. Terra, Aqua, and Ven, they run their own side games or the, the bridge games, I like to call them. You know, Roxas gets 358 over two. But these number titles... This, that journey belongs to Sora, Donald, and Goofy. That's, that's where the story's being told. Because those are the three unlikely friends who have stuck it out through all of this together. And when it hit me in that moment, that's when I was like, I don't think I could ever do a Kingdom Hearts journey without them involved in some way. Donald and Goofy just, they're, they're three, pint, three half pints make a hole, you know? Like, I, I, you, you're not going to get the full pint without all three of them. And, you know, I, it, I remember it hitting me in that moment where I was like, you know, no matter how old I get, I want to run around with this wild dog and loud mouth duck, you know? Yes, exactly. And, and you're right, especially in Kingdom Hearts 3, and especially in that moment, that felt like an arrival. You know, Kingdom Hearts 1 was your departure. You've established Mm -hmm. a formula. You're journeying with these three characters plus, you know, a bunch of others that, you know, come and go. Mm -hmm. And then with Kingdom Hearts 3, obviously there was a lot of closure, but there was an arrival of the the trio wrapping up the Dark Seeker saga. That's what it's called, Dark Seeker saga. They're the ones who brought him back in at the end of the fight. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's, and again, it's funny because it's the perfect blend of Disney and anime. Anime exactly. where, where friendship defeats Satan. And then there's Disney where Donald and Goofy call to you and pull you out of the darkness. 
and the right. sounds come out of your PS4 controller and it freaks you out. Yeah, that was a cool element. That okay, they so didn't cool. have to put that in there, but they did, and I'm so glad they did. That was really cool. Really, but nice yes, touch. no, absolutely. And I wonder if Nomura's, you know, mentioning that there might be a change in format might have to do with, you know, not following uh, Donald and Goofy anymore or not having Disney party members. Maybe you interact with the characters, but they don't join your party, perhaps. And maybe your uh, party members are Final Fantasy characters from now on or uh, brand new ones. Like you said, there's there are very many uh, unique Kingdom Hearts characters now. We have all the Guardians of Light. Um, you know, we have uh, Xehanort, Ansem the Wise, all Four these characters tellers. who... Yeah, the foretellers. Yeah, we're definitely going to see more about the foretellers. Like... Yeah, the dandelions. Yeah, there's there's so many places where the series can go. And it's going to be really hard to kind of expand on all the characters that need expansion while keeping the balance intact of like how much of this is going to be serious, how much of this is going to be, um, you know, fairy tale, Disney versus uh, Square Enix versus something new. And especially with characters... And I'm going to go on a slight tangent here, but go characters it, like Roxas and Shion, who are now back, they're fully yeah. fledged people. Um, you know, they're not just a nobody or a heartless or whatever. They're they exist. They have corporeal form, and they're sticking around as far as we can tell. Oh yeah. But I feel like that's not the end of their journey. Like no. they just came back, and they're like, "Great, I'm back." There's so much more to unpack there, especially oh, yeah. for characters like Shion and Roxas, where it's they struggle with their identity and their purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they they remained kind of captive in Sora's heart for a long time. And obviously they were there for the ride, but they're just not OK coming back out. You know, exactly. Um, I think there's more to unpack there. I would love to see more of them in the future of the series. I would love to see more of Kyrie and especially all of them interacting with the Disney worlds. That's yes. what I want. That piece of the formula. I want to see that interaction and not just with Disney. I would love to see them interact more with Final Fantasy as well. I feel like, you know, I capture Kyrie, that formula. Kyrie and Yuna are, in my opinion, are a match made in heaven. Ooh, Kyrie you know? and Yuna. Kyrie okay. and Yuna. Without giving anything away, did, have you played Final Fantasy X too? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So you're aware <laughs> of, what, of what Yuna's journey is and what she's after, right? Mm -hmm. Is that not kind of where Kyrie's at right, right now? interesting concept you know okay i see it i see it the um i'll try not to spoil it but no i see the parallels where will between... turner and elizabeth leave off in pirates of the yeah Caribbean. there you go you know like also also really good inclusion you know actually yes. that world is what oh, a really good one in kingdom hearts 3 in my opinion especially on that concept because there is a tie-in to the kingdom hearts exclusive plot right um but it no i see the parallels yeah. with uh with Kyrie and yuna and their their driving need yes. and their position that they're in um at that time now we have had we have united kingdom hearts yeah she's too. Uh, she okay two. she's she's, a, she's like fairy fairies, right yeah, the, ten, the ten yeah two yeah fairies which would be interesting for them to come back like where did inclusion. they go where did they go? i don't know like, they just <laughs> poof just poof, gone i don't know they were such that a was, fun that inclusion. was also a weird inclusion they were such a yeah. fun inclusion Oh, yeah, man. for sure. I'd, I'd love to see them come back. But yeah, you know, you talk about that where I think what you're saying, where I'd agree with you, is at the end of the day, this all comes down to the interactions. That's that's the meat and potatoes of this whole thing is the interactions. And what we want to see is a little bit more of that merry-go-round. You know, yeah. we, we've seen Disney interact with Disney. We've seen Square interact with Square. Hell, we've seen Kingdom Hearts characters interact with both those parties. But how about all right. three of them mixing up at once? Maybe there's a maybe there's a portion in the game where your party is one Kingdom Hearts character, one Disney character, one Final Fantasy character. You know, 
I, I, there's all these crazy possibilities they can mix up with this. I, I can't help but think that the uh, the future of the series will explore it a little bit. Um, but man, jeez, uh, there's just so much. There's there is so, so much. much, and that's the do. problem. That 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 in itself is the problem. It's is a good. There problem are so have. many directions it can yeah. go, and so many characters that they could shine a spotlight on that aren't Kingdom Hearts characters, and also Kingdom Hearts characters. So where do they decide to go? I think the solution is more games, more content. Yeah, baby. Yes. yes. Give it to us. We'll pay yes. money for it. Absolutely. Yes. Give it. Give yes. us a Kyrie game. Give us a, another Roxas Shion Axel game. Give us another game with the Birth by Sleep trio. Yep. The, just give us it all. Just explore everything. You know, yeah. a lot of people got really upset with, uh, again, sorry, tangent, but uh, they got really upset with the whole Final Fantasy VII remake being episodic in some degree. I thought that was And genius. I feel like they got upset because they wanted a complete experience, but I was like, they're going to have to sacrifice some. Don't you want it in, like, parts to have more of it? Like, flesh, it would be yes, one thing flesh. if the game felt very short. I don't think it did. I don't think you it know? did either. I felt like it was very full. And yeah. it wasn't just a, a cash grab. I think they want to do no, that and, story justice. The characters had a full arc and remake. It's not. It's not yes. like the characters' arcs and their journey. Like they did have a complete journey. They found a way to make that introductory period into a full story, and I think they did a good job. But on the end of the day, I'm with you. Where it's like, I want more. I want them to flesh this out in further detail, you know, because they didn't have that as an advantage 20, 30, 20, 25 years ago, you know? Things had to be cut short. Yuffie and Vincent were optional. Come on. They're super important to that story and the backstories. They need to play a part. Are you kidding me? Um, But at the end of the day, um, the sacrifice you make is instead of getting the full game at once, you're going to wait 10 years to get the full thing. But that's nothing new to Kingdom Hearts fans. We know we're, we know this is a subscription service. You pay 60 bucks every couple of years, okay? Yeah. We're all well aware of what this is. Um, I want them to take their time. I want them to take their time. I think, I, I think there's so much going on that to, to wrap this up, like to wrap this up in a matter of two or three games is going to be impossible. I, I really think yeah. so. Uh, again, unless... The journey's going to become a forty or fifty hour journey, but I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think we get to thirty at most. Um, I wanted to get back, get back to actually what you talked about with sort of these infinite possibilities. I want to, I want to go on my little tangent now. You brought up what, oh, please do all the possibilities of Roxas and Shion, right? So don't get me wrong. I believe this is actually Roxas and Shion, but like you said, they're they're new to they're new to existence. They're used to being nobodies and not really existing and, you know, not being fully realized human beings. And now they are. Mm-hmm. And that's not just like, that's not just like a coat you put on. You know what I mean? It's not like you put <laughs> yeah. on a shirt and it's like, yes, I exist. It's like, there are consequences to that. And most of those consequences are going to be suffering and questioning. <laughs> and can you imagine yeah. if you had a journey with Roxas and Shion where they had to contemplate, hey, are we actually Roxas and Shion? Or are we just a copy? Did they just take the memory-like data and insert it into a vessel? But if you take someone's memories and insert it into a vessel, did you actually transport their soul? Or did you just make a copy? Now, again, I think this is really them. But could you imagine going through that sort of existential crisis with those two? Like, it would be... Yes. (laughs) It would be wild, but also, like, kind of adorable, too. You know, just given yeah. the nature of Roxas and Shion. Well, we, yeah. yeah, we saw them on that journey in days. You know, we yes. saw them kind of grow 
um, they kind of grew hearts. They did. They they grew a sense of self and a sense of purpose or oh, yeah. found their sense of purpose near the end there. And so, you know, having them, you know, leave off where they did, I think they have a lot more growing to do as as people, as yes. actual just people. And I feel like that's a pretty heavy subject for Kingdom Hearts is the, you know, sense of self and, and, and even self-worth to some degree and a feeling of identity and belonging, especially in uh, oh, yeah. Xion's case, is a sense of belonging. And I feel like that's really going to hit a lot of people home. Um, and, and it's something that they should 100% explore. There's so much to unpack there. And the medium through which they can do that could be a couple different things. Those could be Disney worlds. Those could be Final what, Fantasy what characters Disney who movies, also struggle. What Disney movies do you think would match up well with that kind of theme? Oh, that is such a good question. So You're the man to ask. Like, You're the man to oh, ask. Oh, God. See, I could get like super obscure with that. Like, honestly, the original Rescuers, sense of belonging. Oh, wow. Come on, Orphan Penny. <laughs> Easy. Easy shoe it. I'm actually, I'm looking. I have, all the, I have all the films up here. I want to pick things that we haven't seen like in, in, uh, mm -hmm. not Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts yet. We've had a lot of classic Disney um sword in the stone is something that we have not yet explored we have merlin in the series who's a, a pretty big mainstay but we've never seen arthur or the war can i interrupt you real quick yes i was talking about this with a buddy of mine earlier um those are the disney worlds i'd love take yeah. me all these legacy characters who are hanging around mickey donald goofy yen sid merlin fairy godmother take me to their worlds because yes. they're they yes. have they have a part to play in this wild wild show so Let's go to their worlds. Like, how have we not had like a wild battle at Disney Castle yet? I mean, you had that yes. little invasion in Cage 2, which was cool. But like, come on. That's 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 headquarters, man. That's gotta be a target. Absolutely. For someone. Yes, yeah. absolutely. One other world, and this is gonna be spoilers for Encanto, the new Disney film. So if you haven't seen that, um, it's not gonna be too spoilery, but yeah, if you guys uh <laughs> if you guys want to see that film and and see it with hundred percent uh fresh mind i think most people <laughs> you might who want wanted to, to see that film i've seen it by now fair enough yeah i, I i'm big on spoilers so yeah I, fair no, enough. I appreciate it i'm sure the audience appreciates it yeah um so i feel like Encanto and mirabelle as a character it, uh, is a really good fit for identity and sense of belonging especially identity is where do you fit in this puzzle where do you fit with your friends where do you fit with your family and i feel like Xion and to some degree, Roxos could really identify with that and say, you know what, that's that's what I'm struggling with. And I feel like that's also a piece of the formula, going back to that discussion, mm -hmm. that is crucial when you're talking about the Disney elements, is how do the Kingdom Hearts characters relate to what's happening in those Disney worlds or with those Disney characters? Mm -hmm. um, like Monstro in Kingdom Hearts 1 and the interaction with Riku and Pinocchio and like thinking that he might be the key to something with Kyrie and the concept of being a puppet. Dude, she like owned, that she right owned there. Pinocchio. She owned and Pinocchio. Right. Match she owned and Pinocchio. And I feel like we might have, like, I think they wanted to do that with Days. And then we eventually got a, a more expanded Pinocchio yes. with, uh, was it, Prankster's Paradise in mm -hmm. Days. But that is a perfect parallel that we, we haven't gotten yet, but we could. That would be fantastic. Um... And then in terms of other Disney films, I mean, there's so much to choose from that we have not, that we just haven't seen yet, where the themes in the Disney films would really resonate with the Kingdom Hearts characters and their journey right now. 
And that's where I really want to go, especially well, and personally, especially with Kyrie. Yes. I want to see Kyrie interact with the Disney worlds. I want to see her especially interact with the princesses of heart and their villains. I got to give a quick shout out to Faye Carly, who was the first one yes. who brought up this discussion. Um, I think I was just chilling in her stream and she had this wild idea that I love so much. One of my favorite, more modern Disney films is Princess and the Frog. It is the last 2D animated film in that style that Disney, the, the uh, Walt Disney Animation Studio ever did. And I feel like that world would be perfect for a Kyrie game. And here's why. This was Faye Kyrie's, um, you know, theory. Lay it or, out. Or uh, conjecture is that Kyrie can interact with Dr. Facilier, who has friends on the other side. And Kyrie can misunderstand that to mean Sora's on the other side. Can I work with him? Can he be trusted? Can that happen? The or does Kyrie get turned into a frog, meet Tiana and uh, Prince Naveen, and go on this adventure? Interactivity. That's what I would want. And shout out to Faye Carly for that idea. That one just like that's great. blew my mind. That that yeah. that lines up great. Uh, big shout out to Faye Carly, big friend and supporter of the channel. I've dropped her links uh, on both the YouTube and the Twitch chat, so make sure uh, all of you listening give her a follow, um, dude. That but that that's exactly what I, I would agree with you hundred percent. Is you could really enhance the experience of the Disney World if you allowed the interactions to symbolically play out what's going on in the bigger picture. Now, Kingdom Hearts 3, I thought was very hit or miss with this. I think Pirates yes. of the Caribbean is a good example. Symbolically, it's there. Arendelle, even though the world itself kind of flopped for me, the overall resolve, you see it's there. That sort of like selfless sacrifice sort of thing. You sort of see that play out. Um, Hercules is a good example of this. I think, I actually think Big Hero 6 was actually one of the, I almost feel like it took until Big Hero 6 to get it all right, because like I'm not I'm I'm not a big fan of that property. I mean, I I like the movie. I'm just not. I don't stand for it the way I do Lion King. But you know, I yeah. liked Big Hero Six. But the reason why I love that world so much was because one, you know, how do I put this properly? I want to make sure I get it right. But the whole first of all, the organization learning what they learned through Baymax and about the transfer of data into vessels and all of that. Boom! Right yeah. there, you have a world where. Even though the Big Hero 6 stuff is going on, Organization 13 is gaining knowledge and gaining leverage over the Guardians. It's moving the plot forward. While at the right. same time, you had this amazing interaction with Sora and the other cast members where, you know, they, uh, they put the visor on him and they collect data on him and it blows all their minds and they're inspired by him and they have all these ideas for new techniques and they have all this new inspiration. And like, that's amazing because that, that's the nature of Sora. You know, it captures yes. the name. That's Sora's effect on everybody. So I actually thought the Big Hero 6 world did such a good job at everything that you're saying from the interactions impacting Sora as well as the Big Hero 6 gang and the conflict that took place moving the plot forward even just a little bit, even if it's just the organization getting data. That that Sometimes that's enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I 100% agree. I'm in the same boat as you in terms of like my my fan uh, my fan status with Big Hero Six. I wasn't aware of the property before the film. I loved the film. I thought it was really good. The it's characters really good were great. Film. The story was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And you're right. One element they brought to that world that they did not bring to others was a unique story in that universe. They yes. announced that at uh, what was it D23 at, at, at one year, I believe and so. they said that the Disney team is going to bring a unique story. 
and that will be in between uh the uh why i say i want to say baymax the big hero six film and i think the the animated series the tv series and really? i was like yeah that's what you should do is a, like i'm fine if you want to navigate through the film's like context like i love that element of it as long as there's interaction yes. or interactivity and immersion but some worlds didn't have that big hero six having a unique plot great yeah there's interaction there and you nailed it you nailed it like them interacting with sora and analyzing him and learning about him and he learning about them yep. and the organization being there even monsters inc to some degree with the whole concept of the uh, uh revival of vanitas and the children's screams the first yeah was, yeah that was like oh that's a cool tie-in that's good immersion it's clear to me but, when you let namora do his thing he knows how to do it Yes, yeah, he that, does. That, I mean, there's no well, reason he would hit it out of the park in some worlds and completely swing and miss in the others. Yes, you know? you're no, you're totally right, and I feel like my, maybe that's how the how differently Disney treats each of their properties. Frozen, obviously, they have major protection on Frozen. It's like I don't know, it's like the the Barbie Mattel brand. They don't do anything yeah. with Barbie that they don't approve of. Really, so, really off topic. But like have that. I ever told you my conspiracy about Disney's about Frozen? No, so, <laughs> do tell. So like, you know how Walt Disney is frozen? <laughs> oh, sure. Well, yeah. now when you Google Disney's frozen, you get the movie. You don't get Walt Disney oh, being frozen. Very clever. I'll bet the marketing <laughs> team was like, genius. We can, we can bury the hatchet on this bury one. This. <laughs> bury this story forever. <laughs> oh Just write God. a catchy tune that'll be in their heads for years. I have done, I've done extensive reading on Walt Disney, the person um over the years and i i, I do look for things like i think uh, you know what i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised do you okay not to go on a crazy tangent but do you want to hear what i think who the master masters is all ears all ears give it to me i think it's a darkness a darkness i think it's i think it's a darkness you know how and, and spoilers for uh unchained union cross whatever it's called union now. cross finale about to be spoiled yeah so you know how we have the concept of darknesses with a capital D yes. that are split up between these vessels. I believe that the Master Masters is one of those darknesses and all of his plans were to put them in the vessels intentionally, not to trap them, but to use those vessels. The reason why we do not see the Master of Masters, and he mentions this in Remind, is um, I'm too scared to take my cloak off. That cloak is keeping him in a corporeal form. That We know that the organization cloak has so we know, it fend, we know it fends off darkness, but it's but also, it also possible has, it could contain it too. It has the ability, and I, I don't know if I'm quoting this correctly, but it has the ability to mask someone's presence as either light or darkness. Ooh. Okay. And considering that we haven't seen okay. what the Master Masters looks like, and this is obviously purely conjecture, this is all I have in the theory it's purely a no, you know, open-ended no. theory can i can i tell you what clicked in my head was like look it's obvious he wants to use the foretellers for this right and yes there's only six of them mm -hmm. and there's seven darknesses well what's his plan for number seven if not himself if he's not already dead no that it's very possible it's very possible you know i have to believe because like i i've believed for the longest time that he's actually light or like some derivative of it but sure, yeah him being darkness I, I, in terms of plausibility, I think it's there because I do think he's, I do think he's this sort of, um, he's like a, a, a stand-in for a greater concept. You know what I mean? Sure. 
I, I've yeah. seen lately in a, in a lot of, let's just call it Japanese media, the idea of making certain things tangible. Like I'm watching Naruto and there's a character named Pain, right? And it's all, it's, and his character is all about pain. It's about taking this mm. concept of pain and putting it in a vessel and, you know, making that an antagonist of the story to kind of flesh out that idea. You see this in Final Fantasy VII Remake, making destiny, fate, something tangible, something physical, capital D, destiny. Um, I have to believe the master is that, is like that same idea that he's going to be, Sort of this concept made into a vessel, whether it be light, whether it be darkness, whether it be suffering, whether it, whatever it may be. I think that's why we haven't seen his identity because it doesn't really matter who's under the cloak. It's actually like what's under the cloak. Yes, exactly. It's what the master and master stands for. Not necessarily who he, I guess we're going to use, I guess they use he, him pronouns for the master and master. So yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, one of the other things that like made me think that it might be a darkness is listening to the musical theme. I'm, I'm a big music nerd when it comes to kingdom hearts. Um, and I know our wonderful friend lands and masters, um, uses the, uh, master's theme, master master's theme in a lot of his branding. So I get to hear it pretty often, but the more I hear it, it's very chaotic. It's a very chaotic song. It's really hard to hear the time signature or the key. It just kind of flows like, like an energy, like a concept. And that's why I was like, Oh, if I were to like give this thing a name, if I had no idea like this was from Kingdom Hearts or anything, I think it's like a swarm of bees or something. <laughs> it's just like kind of all over the place and it's really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, okay. I, I can kind of see the thematic concepts there because yeah, Yoko Shimomura, legendary Genius. composer. The, just everything that she does in the Kingdom Hearts series is so artful. And I wonder how much she collaborates with Nomura on it. But there's so many musical motifs and tie-ins to the characters that I think are just... Dude, the Brilliant. other promise. Just so five head. The other, <laughs> the other promise is one of the most beautifully composed pieces in the history of human existence. And that, if you ask me, is that a hill worth dying on? Yes, it is. I die on that hill with you. Dude, it's beautiful, it, honestly. It's and so I, I was, I was learning uh, Ventus's theme on uh, piano the other day for something I'm planning for Cage Twenty. But when I realized that, oh, Ventus's theme is a combination of Roxas's and Sora's theme that you have both in the song and they're in that order blows my mind. I just, I love that so much and I need to make a, a video or something on it, but it's just you definitely should. Uh, I, I just love it. Every there's not, a, there's not a track uh, on the kingdom Hearts soundtrack where I'm like, meh, just, it's all, it's all beautiful. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. No, Yoko, Yoko is a genius. Um, yeah. As incredible as the games themselves are, a lot of that experience is in, is is enhanced by Yoko Shimomura's influence. I would I would yeah. certainly agree. Um, we're running up on over an hour here. We definitely still got some Dang. time. We definitely still got some time to chit chat. I want to make time for questions in the chat. They've been very very active, especially over here on YouTube. I'm sorry, guys. Great. I haven't been able to get to a whole lot of what you're saying, but I saw you all having your own back and forths. Um, we're going to do questions soon, but before we get into that, now that we're coming up on the later side of the podcast, did you want to just mention KH20 one more time and you know let people know what's going on with that before we move into questions from the chat? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we have 20 days of online events happening on Twitch, on YouTube, and other streaming platforms. 
Uh, that's going to be March 8th to the 28th, which is the official anniversary. Uh, we also have a three-day in-person event in Austin, Texas at the end of March. It's going to be March 25th to 27th. Um, I, I'm not going to read every single event. We have a ton of events <laughs> planned. Landy Lodge is doing a Landy Lodge live podcast there. We have... And it's going to be uh, a wild I, panel. Just, Without giving it's wild. Away, it's going to be a wild panel of Kingdom Hearts creators. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for it. Um, but we have so many. We even have surprise events that we haven't mentioned. We have a VIP only experience at the end of day two. We have a musical performance by a wonderfully talented person named Chad Music. You should go check him out over on Twitch. He's fantastic. He's going to have a Kingdom Hearts music performance with visuals and everything. It's going to be great. Um, you can design your own Keyblade at KH20. We have a cosplay contest. Uh, we have a voice actor table read. Uh, oh, just so much. There's so much to know. <laughs> like, I can't even remember it all in my head. That's why it's on the website. You guys have if been guys... working so hard. You guys have been working so hard, uh, and yeah. there's so much to this event, and there's something for everybody. If you can't make the in-person event, there's a lot of stuff in the online events that's going to rock your socks off. You guys have put a really good collection together of creators and team members to put something really special together. And I think you yourself and your committee are a prime example of why the Kingdom Hearts fan base really is something beautiful. I would encourage everyone, please ignore the stupid discourse on Twitter. It's not an accurate, <laughs> yeah. it is not an accurate representation of the Kingdom Hearts fan base. Guides, I think you and your committee and guys like Lance and everybody you're working with, to me, that's what I see when I see the fan base. I see people working every single day, whether on their own platforms or on this KH20 platform, to bring the fan base together and celebrate 20 years of freaking Kingdom Hearts, God, 20 man. years. Can you believe... Like, you know, you said lightning in a bottle for Kingdom Hearts 1, and you couldn't be any more right. I mean, I want to I wanna quote Sonny Novus, who I had on the podcast a while back, who was like, the best thing... He said something along the lines of, like, the best thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it, it really shouldn't exist. Like, yes, it doesn't right. Really, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That it shouldn't like work. It just shouldn't work. Shouldn't if you work. told someone <laughs> that they were going to make it today, they'd be like, get out of my office. No way. Yeah. No way would that happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, here's to many, many more. I, I know the Kingdom Hearts series has a lot going on for it and there's a lot coming in the future. But, you know, as Sora mentions in the final world and remind everybody, find someone... All these moments would be much more enjoyable if you could find someone to spend them with. You know, like he says to Chirithi in the final. And to me, that's what Kingdom Hearts is all about right there. Chirithi, what are you doing here alone? This place is beautiful, but you'd enjoy it more with someone you love. You know, the, those connections, that's what it's all about. So, um, dude, I think, I, I'm just very excited. I, I really think it's a beautiful thing. I think you guys deserve all the praise in the world for what you're doing. So, you know, if you guys ever, if you guys have any questions... In the chat, now's the time to fire them our way. You can ask questions about the um, the title topic. You can ask questions about guides and his platform or KH20. You can ask me. Just fire away. But let's uh, let's give a quick shout out. Corey Saracus just became a junior sage on YouTube. I want to give you a Yo, let's love. go, Corey. Corey, thank you very much. All I ask is you come hang out. Anything else is a bonus. So thank you very much for that. Um, let me scroll up because I know these guys, these guys have been throwing a bunch at us. Let me see if I can, <laughs> true. if I can find something here. Uh, I see a Pinocchio world was planned for days, but was scrapped for space. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It would have been perfect. It's a shame. That's the one that got cut. 
I just want to who frame. Oh, here's here's Corey. You know what? Good. Very on brand. Let's read Corey's message. Uh, I just want a who framed Roger Rabbit type Disney World with a hodgepodge of Disney characters in Quadratum mixed with Final Fantasy and human characters. Yes. Totally go with it. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do yes. it. I love it. Make it, it happen. I think Come that's on, Nomura. Yes. Also, who framed Roger Rabbit is an interesting property to bring up, too. Like, that one's. It's in a weird kind of limbo in terms of its licensing. Like, Disney definitely has uh, rights to it by now. Oh, yeah. But what a weird character to include in Kingdom Hearts, uh, especially as a combat character. Oh, it could be, that would be wild. But that concept of crossovers would be there, you know? That, of it absurd, would. That concept of absurd crossovers, right? That's true. Because back then it was Warner Very Brothers absurd. meets Disney, you know? And now we've got a whole other level. Now we've got Square Enix. Um... Let's see. Perfect pronunciation of my name. Uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I was able to get you right, Corey. I appreciate it. Um, here we go. Will Sora meeting Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank? <laughs> what, what? Okay. Double take. I'm going to read it. Um, will Sora meeting Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank where Ratchet has a weapon similar to the Keyblade? Listen, if the licensing would allow for it, I'd say great. But I think the only way you get that crossover is if they announced season three for Smash and Ratchet and Clank get included. Oh, man. I wanted a Who Frame Roger Rabbit world as well, guides, but I was wondering about the licensing issue since it has bugs as well. Yeah, the Warner It's Brothers true, and characters. legacy licensing is weird. That's And it's part of why Disney is doing a lot of the remakes that they're doing. They're trying to extend their copyright uh, for certain characters, which is why you're the seeing the live-action Pinocchios bro. and all that. They don't want and it. look, Mickey, Mickey Mouse is one of the most interesting they characters from a... They yeah, right. The, Mickey Mouse. They did the laws. It is. And, I mean, they did. It's wild. It's absolutely wild what they're getting away with in terms of that. Like uh, one of the recent examples, I think the original A.A. A. Milne Winnie the Pooh, like the first book, yeah. uh, went into public domain either this year or last year. And there's all this talk about like, what can you do with Winnie the Pooh? In really? Theory, that's the title they should now. use. Like in theory, yeah. <laughs> it could be anything. It's public domain. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild that, I don't know. It's, it's just a wild concept and everything that Disney is like bent the rules in order to cater the, the licensing need for them. It's it's yeah, it's just wild. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. I mean, you know, I never thought of it like that, but it makes perfect sense that they're kind of extending all those copyrights by all these reimaginings and and remakes. Right. But licensing is crazy, man. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all these companies, they like the sweet dollar bill. And if you can make the case that licensing the character can make them some money, they'll do it. Everyone said, oh, Sora won't be in Smash. It's so complicated. Disney with the licensing. It's never going to work. Bam, baby. He's here. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, remember how long the Smash community, I'm not I'm not a Smash Brothers player, but the, how long the Smash community was like, Sora's no way ever going to be in Smash Brothers. Too much licensing. It's not possible. They'd have to work out so many things. And it... Just look, it happened. It so they got it wrong. Yeah. I'll admit, I thought when Sephiroth was announced that Sora was done, more than happy yeah. to be wrong. Um, yeah. Shadow Flare has a couple theories for us that he would like oh. our impressions on. Start with this one: Quadratum as fragments of discarded world lines and fantasies that failed to become real. This I love. Oh. I want to keep reading this. Not okay. In, not complete enough. An idea to have become data and. The Final Fantasy versus Thirteen stuff is a huge clue into that. I think that's yeah. I think that's right on point, Shadow Flare. I think it's very possible 
that Quadratum could just be a hub of unfinished properties, unreleased, and that could go, doesn't have to just be a square thing. Who knows? Maybe there's some yeah. unreleased Disney properties in there or something. Maybe, uh, what's his name? Um, what is it, like Oliver Rabbit? What is the thing? What is the guy? Oh, Oswald? Oswald. Oh, Oswald. oh my God. Could you if imagine Oswald, Oswald is I'm there? Gush. Yes. Like, no, 100%. Yeah, Shadow Flare. I love that theory. And honestly, that's a perfect um, way to introduce characters like that. And not even necessarily like those that got, uh, that never made it to the cutting room. Right. You know, those, those uh, properties that are, uh, you know, real in our reality, but more obscure, like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, kind of like as an anti-hero to Mickey. Um, oh, yeah. Or, yeah, like you said, I think Corey brought up the Black Cauldron. Yes. Yeah, 100%. That would belong in, like, I feel like Quadratum in that theory is like the Isle of Lost Toys, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, you're not a popular toy, you're really obscure, but you're going to be in here anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Black Cauldron would be in there. Even some of the more classic Disney stuff, like the the um, the Reluctant Dragon. Oh, that could be pretty wild. It's pretty obscure. It's still Disney. Um, but yeah, that would be a really interesting concept to bring together characters from like, yeah, non-concrete uh, <laughs> creative even just plans. like the more obscure stuff, right? Stuff that's been like buried, like Disney movies no one knows about. Like I doubt anyone yeah. listening, has anyone seen Oliver and Company? I grew up oh, I on love that. It. I grew up on that film and now it's gone. Nobody even knows it exists. Um, Man. He's got another theory. This one's about Skalad Kylum. That original hmm. worlds such as Destiny Islands, Twilight Town, Radiant Garden, and Land of Departure were all parts of Scala that drifted apart. I actually think that hmm. I actually think that's all but confirmed. You know, the nexus from which all worlds spring. I think you know how you see Scala and Shadow Flare, you'll let me know if this is kind of what you're talking about. When you see Scala, you see how like there's all these different sort of hubs that are connected by this like zip line type structure. I think what he's getting at is one of one of those hubs, each there used to be like a Destiny Islands hub and then it broke off to become Destiny Islands. Same with Twilight Town and all that. I think just calling it the Nexus from which all worlds spring, I think that's I think that's right on point. I think uh, our boy Shadowflare is killing it with these theories. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Because I mean they they talk um maybe not in Union Cross, but Maybe it's Kairi's grandma who talked about like a single world oh, that yeah. when, you know, they had the the first Keyblade War or, the, you know, the war with darkness and trying to grab the light and then it all splits apart. Then maybe yeah. that's maybe that's the event is, you know, Skalad Kylum is like your whole world. And then, it, like you said, it kind of split apart. That's yeah, I think it's feasible. I mean, great. Ukami Codex says, do you think they will get Union Cross on systems or will it just stay on mobile? Since the games of Union Cross and Dark Road are closing, would they remake them for systems? Um, That's a good question, Ukami. As far as like Union Cross like coming to Switch, um, I doubt it. I think Square's aware that we all have access to this stuff on YouTube and that's how they know a lot of us are going to digest this. I think what's more likely, and this is something I've been thinking about for a while, I think you might, I think there's, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 50-50 shot that Union Cross gets remade into an MMORPG. Yes. Oh, please. And and here's the reason why. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to paint you a pretty picture. I'm going to give it to you just straight. Square Enix has made so much money on Final Fantasy XIV. If you look at the amount of money Square Enix has made on Final Fantasy XIV, it is absurd. Without any surprise, it's the most profitable Final Fantasy to ever exist, and it's going to blow all the others out of the water as far as that's concerned. Square Enix took down a Titan, 
World of Warcraft was the world's like biggest MMO forever. And Square yeah. Enix, this studio that is a fraction the size of Activision and Blizzard. What was Activision Blizzard just purchased for? Let me let me let me look at that. There's a reason something. I'm bringing this up. There's a yeah. <laughs> what, what, how, how many billion dollars were they bought for? What was the purchase? Let's see. Oh God. $68.7 billion. Square oh, Enix is worth $5 billion at most. And this yeah. small studio in comparison completely took over the MMO genre. So with that so satisfying. said. So satisfying. So exactly. So with that said, I think the dollar signs have lit up at the suits for Square Enix. And they're going to make a Kingdom Hearts MMO. And it's going to be a retelling of Union Cross because the pieces are all there. You make your yeah. own character. You explore the worlds. You have your missions. It's in many ways built like an MMO already. And let's just be honest. And guides, you, you can confirm or deny this. It's quite obvious to me. The future of Kingdom Hearts is going to orbit what happened in Union Cross. Especially since that's where the master's from. Like, oh, 100%. The, I mean, they, they allude to that in, yeah. in 3 and 3 Remind and uh, Melody of Memory is that the answer is in the past, not the future. Yes. And that is one of the interesting things about the Kingdom Hearts series in general is that it has not been entirely forward linear. It is it is really like blown up like this, where, you know, we have Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, ways. you know, yeah, Rechain, you got Birth That's by Sleep. It's point. stretching That's out so both cool. ways. Yeah, it's stretching out both ways. That's a good and point. So, and uh, like you said, um, Landy, like... It's a no-brainer that one that they remake Union Cross um, to some degree because I, I personally did not enjoy the mobile experience. It's a gotcha Me game. Either. I feel like it wasn't a very fair, fair telling of that story, um, and I don't know who. Like maybe they twisted uh, Nomura's arm into making that the story. I don't know how much control Nomura has as to what you know consoles get released i almost where. feel like logistically they had to because like that game yeah. kind of like dropped if you remember like oh, let me see how professional i oh, am oh i remember it was my honeymoon night that that game dropped i didn't even know it was coming out really and it was my honeymoon night and i downloaded it and i played it for like eight hours and then went to disney world the next day it was a pretty great day that's actually pretty but, sweet wow dude yeah wow. I, that's the that's synchronicity right there my friend somebody up there loves you Somebody I, say, I don't know, man. You, man. I, I just don't know. But no, like you said, I, I feel like that's a no-brainer because you have the online uh, element mm -hmm. to Union Cross. You have the character customization, key, keyblade customization, I guess. Written. It's not like you have to write a story. It's all there. Yeah. The yeah. scenarios have all been written. Now, obviously, I hope the combat is completely different. Like, the whole be. gotcha system, the medals, I, I hated that. Me Especially too. because I'm OCD when it comes to collective, uh, like collections. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to collect all the medals. Oh, yeah. And there was no way in hell that you guys were going to be able to do that without paying oodles of money. And I, I, end up, I ended up putting some money in the game. I did not complete my collection by any means. But, God, that was... That was rough. So I hope they don't go that route with it. I, I don't think so. I think the only reason we saw that happen was because, you know, when that game kind of dropped in that era, like Square, I don't want to say it was kind of a mess, but like you got to mm -hmm. think about it. Like Versus 13 was canceled and, you know, Nomura was being dragged from one project to the other. And this game was delayed a bunch of times. That game, they had, a tra they had to like pretty much trash the first build of Kingdom Hearts 3. They had to pretty much yeah. trash the first build of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like... It, things were kind of a mess. They were switching between engines before they settled in Unreal. And, you know, Kingdom Hearts wasn't that big back then. Like, it, it's really, it's gotten to be really big now. But back then, it was a little bit more niche. And Kingdom Hearts 1 outsold Kingdom Hearts 2. 
So it wasn't seen as something that was like growing and thriving until after Kingdom Hearts 3 became the best-selling game in the franchise. And now way more people, at least with the online buzz, way more people kind of seem to be in the loop and on the know. Um, So yeah, I I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's something they have to do. Because again, the whole story is going to orbit it. And look, creative freedom and all that aside, it's a... It is a moneymaker for Square Enix. They are now the MMO kings, and they're not going to stop at just Final Fantasy. I think I think you do eventually get an MMO uh, RPG build. Let's move on to a question from the newest junior sage of the lodge, Corey Sorakis. I have a theory that Daybreak Town and Twilight Town are the same world, but separated by time, with Daybreak being beginning and Twilight being the end. And I've said before... Landy added that both have a clock tower, which makes more sense since time clock. Yeah, that's what I, that's the kind of stuff I'm on there, Corey. It, you know, these names aren't an accident, especially in Kingdom Hearts, right? The names are pretty deliberate. You know, whether they're references to Norse mythology or they're the Latin words for the seven deadly sins or Sora means sky, Yazora means night sky. All of this is very deliberate. Having a daybreak town and a twilight town, there's something going on there. And I think uh, you're circling the drain on that, Corey. Want to give a quick shout out to Mo Chocolate. Yo, what's up, Mo? Who just dropped 10 bits in the chat. What's going on, Mo? Thank you for that. And now we've got Shadow Flare Island. Oh, they're having a little back and forth here. So let me move on. Never heard of the reluctant dragon, says the dude. So there you go. Brought a little light Oh, I'd here. recommend it. You, I mean, I, ooh, can you get that on Blu-ray? I think you can get it on Blu-ray if you join the Disney Movie Club. But it's it's an interesting watch. It's like a documentary, kind of, but it has cartoon shorts within it. And it takes you on a tour of the Disney studio um, at the time, which, I That's mean, they're excellent. still in that building, technically. But, yeah, it's it's really cool to watch. If you're if you're a Disney fan, you should definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. And uh, another shout-out to Corey Sarakis over here on YouTube, who says he loves Oliver and Company. And that's why he's yeah, a Yeah, let's go. That's why he's a sage. He's a true sicko. Shadow Flare, one. referencing the earlier uh, theory, says the chains in the land of departure feel like remnants of those zip lines. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, we've already seen, you know, a transformation of the land of departure. So I feel like every unique Kingdom Hearts world is, con- I mean, connected by theme or context in some way. You know, like we have parallels between Traverse Town and other worlds. We have Hollow Bastion that used to be Radiant Garden. Right. They all were something and transitioned at, at some point. And the the concept of them all being interconnected 100% makes sense in the oh, concept yeah. of Kingdom Hearts. It's all about, you know, everything being connected in some in sometimes vis- invisible lines. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I love that theory. I think that totally makes sense. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's right on command um cory also asked would square enix break their player base of final fantasy 14 in two with two mmos a little that's uh, an interesting I, thought I, I won't act like there wouldn't be overlap right because i'm an example i'm playing final fantasy 14 right now but if a kingdom hearts mmo dropped it would definitely reduce the time that i played 14 but with that said i'd be willing to bet that most kingdom hearts fans have not played their way through final fantasy 14 because even for final fantasy fans 14 is a little bit of an outlier just because you know an an mmo is very different from your standard you know 30 40 hour rpg campaign so i mean there would be a little bit of overlap but i think it mostly would be bringing in people 
you know, just like 14 did. I think one of the things that made 14 so successful is it got people like me who have never played an MMO to play an MMO. I think Kingdom Hearts would do that for a lot of people too. A lot of people who haven't been on board with MMOs yet would probably play one. Um, yeah. Help me decode this one because Elixir on YouTube comments, I hope FNC comes back in Kingdom Hearts. FNC. FNC. If anybody can maybe decode that for me, it's been a Five Nights at Freddy's. That's not even that's the first place my mind went to. Why did it? Yeah, I've so, never played those games, so why did my mind go there? Someone at the marketing team at Five Nights at Freddy's deserves a raise because they. Literally... Is it F and C returning to comes back? So it's something we've already seen. Oh, is it Fabula Nova Crystallis? Oh. Gotcha. That, that, yeah, that, that must be what it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, Shadow yes, says. Just yeah. dropped it. Fabula Nova Crystals. Well, Man, I mean, yeah. they just kind of showcased it for the first time in Remind with uh, the whole Sora unhappy ending. I'd like to see them do it. And I think if it were to like consistently be in the series, guides for people like you, I feel like that means the chances of seeing lightning go through the roof. You know? Yes, please. You I would love that. I, would, I would love that too. Uh, let's see here. A lot of shit talking of gotcha games in the chat. You love to see it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fully agree on the overlap comments. I think the smarter corporate idea would be a Kingdom Hearts raid like the other games such as Nier or the older Final Fantasies. I think that'd be a good way to gauge what kind of interest uh, you might have. What if they made the Union Cross a Monster Hunter style multiplayer to contrast the FF14 MMO? Okay. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you do go on missions together. In Union Cross, that's kind of the idea. Um, I've never played Monster Hunter. Yeah, neither have I. I, I know God, the genre. I was genre, hoping but... you might be able to fill that in because I. No, no, I, I can see where he's going with that idea, though. I, and honestly, another genre that comes to mind that we've seen a few franchises recently get into is like the Dynasty Warriors genre. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, I'm... uh, what, what uh, Don't Legend of Zelda had Hyrule Warriors. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Or something. Don't get me started. This is my. Dr- this is a dream game for me. Oh, really? A Kingdom Hearts... Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's there's too many characters, and that's a great problem to have. But there are so many characters, and I want to play as them all. But that's not feasible. It's just not feasible in a standard RPG. But if we had a Warriors game, we could do it. We could do it. We could do it, man. It's it's a dream game for me, because I would just love to play as everybody. And the... The teams that have been making the, these, the Dynasty Warriors games have done such a good job of not just dragging the universes into, like, Dynasty Warriors gameplay. Like, I played Hyrule Warriors and I played Persona 5 Scrambles, who are their latest entries. And they do a fantastic job, for instance, in Persona 5, of taking the Persona 5 combat and integrating it into the Dynasty Warriors combat. You still get to use your personas. You still get to use all those abilities. There's still the type advantages. They basically just took it and dragged it in. Same thing with Hyrule Warriors. It did very much feel like the Breath of the Wild combat. If anything, it actually felt like an improvement on the Breath of the Wild combat. So imagine a Dynasty Warriors game where you choose any Guardian of Light and you have that same interface on the bottom left. They could do it. They really could do it. Oh, totally. Yeah. All the concepts are there. Like even the mob enemies yes. being the heartless, nobody's unversed, whatever one you want to pick. It's the the all the ingredients to that are there. And originally, oh, yeah. like I've never played a warrior style game. It's usually not something that I'm interested in because I feel like there's no plot. You know, it doesn't feel like an RPG, and that's and that's just a bias that I have. have you, you know, like I usually you a just like kind of stay away. By chance. 
I've never played Persona, and I'm also afraid of that series because I feel like it takes so long to get through. It does. I know they're not interconnected in any way. Like, I could start with Persona 4 or 5, and, like, I could get what's going on. But, yeah, I'm always like, oh, my God, that's such an investment. Well, but... I'll, I'll say this. Persona 5 Strikers, I, I think I was calling it Scramble. It's called something different overseas. But Oh, Strikers, yeah. I, I think everybody gets the idea. Um, it was a sequel to Persona 5, and it carried this full-blown oh. narrative. And, dude, I, I was in love with it. It was so much fun. It felt like a, a grand reunion of these characters I never thought I'd see interact again. And it was just such a joy to play. And the combat was fun. I really, I really, really think they could do it. Um, I want to move I on so too. to our next question from Just a Waffle, cousin of Pancake. Just a Pancake, <laughs> if you're out there, man, we all miss you. But Just a Waffle says, <laughs> question two, is there a possibility for visiting Sora and Rika's homeworld, Riku's homeworld, Destiny Islands, for exploring the main island from which Sora and Riku grew up yeah that's something that i think every kingdom hearts mm-hmm. fan wants a, mo- a fully a fleshed out destiny islands let us see what that home looks like you know we only have the data greeting which gives us just a fresh coat of paint on the kingdom hearts mm-hmm. one world um i think the odds of us going back to destiny islands are are pretty high i i think i think i don't want to say it's all but confirmed but i feel like considering so many characters are home safe let's say that the odds of exploring destiny islands at some point is probably in our favor what do you think you know that's an interesting you just brought up an interesting point we saw a lot of characters at destiny islands at the end of kingdom Hearts 3 where Roxas where do all those characters live? live now yeah that's what i was gonna say where does roxas live he doesn't he, yeah where does she own live are they gonna go hang out in twilight town like i get it like Sure, whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess they can just travel between worlds as, as much as they want. They can go get a vacation home in the bayou for Princess of the Frog for all I care. There but go, baby. That's an interesting concept. But also, I feel like the only way that I would love to go back to Destiny Islands is if Sora's mom is a super boss, and she's very upset that that dinner got cold. <laughs> she's livid. I it has been like, years. I feel like, dude, <laughs> dude, I swear, I think they're going to find a way to bring her back. I know God, it that'd be so absurd. funny. I know it's... How- but I kind of feel like it might happen. I I have a thing about like, and, and this is and this is not just a Kingdom Hearts. Like every form of entertainment does not know how to write parents. It's a it's a lot of it's a big reason why a lot of main characters do not have parents. They're adopted. They're dead. Whatever is that? It's really hard to write compelling parent characters because they really diminish the accomplishment of the protagonist. So the fact that Sora has a mom in Kingdom Hearts 1 and all she says is, uh, Sora, dinner's ready. Come on down. Well, I want to say to and be fair it. too. That's all I wanna, we get. I do want to say to be fair. We also don't know if that's his mom. That could be a caretaker. Oh. That could be a caretaker. True. Sora could be that anomaly kid who washed up on shore. No one knows where he came from. So they kind of just, they gave him a home in Destiny Islands. They make sure he has his food. They make sure he can get to class or whatever. So we also, we all know that's his mom yet. It could could have been that's like a, a Destiny point. Islands caretaker. But I guess that goes to Just a Waffle's point. That's something where exploring Destiny Islands really could give us some further insight. Um, Absolutely. King- and yeah, whatever happened to, to, to whoever that was, like after the worlds got destroyed, are they still in Destiny Islands? Were they taken by the Heartless? Mm-hmm. Who and knows? Forget- and honestly, like if they, oh. uh, if they do the whole parent thing, I, I kind of don't want it. I feel like that's it's sometimes a pretty cheap writing trick to be like, oh, we're going to introduce their parents and they're going to either be like really good or suddenly, really evil. And I'm like, suddenly super relevant, right? They haven't been. Here yeah, suddenly time, super so. relevant. Like, oh, yeah, say North Sora's dad. I'm like, no, yeah. please don't do that. I don't think don't they do, do that. that. Nope. No, thank you. I, I don't think they do that. I think they might just do something in passing. I think it's in Birth by Sleep. Riku actually mentions his dad. 
you know? So it's like the parents are there, you know, they're just kind of on the, on the periphery. Um, Kino yeah. or Kino Leo Geo. I think that, that's, that rolls off the tongue better. It's part of that. Kino Leo Geo says make days remake as a warrior style game. That could work. Cause you could play as all the organization members. Uh, that's only, true. Yeah. You know, like that could, that could really be cool. Corey says persona five scramble was such a good game. Yes. Corey, He's a sage, man. He, he fits right in. He fits, fits right in. You gotta love it. Kingdom Hearts Warriors. Yeah, we want to see it. That's because Team Ninja helped them out on the combat. One of the god devs of action. Absolutely. Mookie. Oh, okay. My boy Mookie. Yeah, Team Ninja does absolutely great work. Uh, if you get them on the project, you're bound to get something of quality. Um, let's see what else we got. The dude says Destiny Islands have to be shown after the Union Cross ending. Were they? Or should they? Oh, I don't remember Destiny Islands ever being shown. It's show, um, when Xehanort Oh, no, they do. Yeah. They, well, they show the time progression with Xehanort, I think. Yeah. So yeah. that must be the context in which that, that's the case. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But um, that does drag us to the bottom of the chat. We've been running for an hour and 36 minutes. It honestly feels like Dang. it's been like 40 like <laughs> i know i, I know. gotta be honest time flies it, it kind of feels like it's been half that i see we got man so many people came out here treehouse and andy dropped in the chat um, yo we got a i want a kingdom hearts final fantasy tactics okay yeah just all I, right I, you know they did talk about right this this is why i i feel like these ideas right they're more plausible than we think because I, I in a recent interview they did talk about exploring other genres you know, and we mm-hmm. saw them do it with a rhythm game. And if I may, I thought Melody Memory as a rhythm game was really good. Like it was, I liked it. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a good time. And it's got a, it's got a core base that's still built, like adding to it, playing it, showcasing it. It's really good. But they did talk about exploring other genres. So I guess here, with that, with Mookie wanting a F- Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy Tactics, if Kingdom Hearts could jump into any other genre guides, what genre would you want them to jump into for a spinoff? Oh game? God, that's so tough because I'm always so selective about the games I play. Um, from a time factor, mostly. Um, I don't know. That's so tough. We, I mean, we've had a, a, a basically a rhythm game mm-hmm. uh, with melody and memory, and I feel like it's a good fit because it just it's a it's a total shoe in with mm-hmm. Yoko's music. I think it's fantastic. But that's really tough. I, I really don't know. Gotcha. Honestly, oh. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Dream Drop had a little bit of a Pokemon element to it with all the Dream Eaters. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Not, little not bit. exactly the same formula, but I felt like it had a little bit of that. There's a little um, bit of that that little hunt like hunting hunting monsters and using them in your party vibe yeah. going on. Uh, I'll tell you what I yes, Twilight Blaze just said it. Turn based combat. Give me a oh. turn based combat Kingdom Hearts okay. game. Let's go. Let's go. Like, I would absolutely Turn based in what that. style? Like what like what what other game anyone in chat, Twilight Bra- Blaze or Landy, what other game that's turn based would you feel like fits the right style for Kingdom Hearts? Cuz we've had like variations of turn based, haven't we? Lots oh, what about like 7 remake? It's not quite. Ooh, okay, turn based. My dream That's I'll kind of organic. The dream. I got to listen to the Landy Lodge Dream Guides. The Landy Lodge Dream Kingdom Hearts game is you play a Sora, Riku and Kairi with the seven remake combat system in the sense that you cycle between the three characters with the D-pad. Oh, yes. I was thinking Final Fantasy 15 like style where you switch characters, but no, that's perfect. Even like, look, if they do a days remake and you can cycle between characters. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
I'm it's a no-brainer. Literally all about that. But if you're if you're going to make your party members other Guardians of Light, there's no excuse to not be able to swap to those characters. Especially like mm -hmm. if each of the Guardians of Light mm -hmm. have a different uh, specialty in yes. battle. You know, like in Final Fantasy X's turn-based combat, you know, Waka was good at uh, you the know aerials. striking airborne enemies. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, Arn had things where it's like he could diminish strength or uh, defense, or and Rik and Riku or could and Riku could steal and mug and stuff like that. Yeah, and if they added some type of element like that, where you can really strategize which party member you switch to based on the type of enemy you're fighting, I love that element in game design. Yes, you having to think like obviously Kingdom Hearts when you boil it down to its basic elements, like a lot of people are like, haha, you can press X button to win. <laughs> but I feel like when you have that added element, especially heartless or enemies where you have to think before you act, like maybe they don't take damage from the front, you have to hit their back, or they only take a certain element da elemental damage. That's what I would love to see in the future of Kingdom Hearts. Even if you don't break. bend the genre. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like, I want to think more in uh, fighting well, that. And I feel like 7 Remake had in. that. And I think yes. that's where some kind of turn base can come into play. And also, we've talked about there being so many characters in play mm -hmm. now. There's so many that to create a Kingdom Hearts game where you could play as all of them is going to be quite difficult because as you see with their builds at KH3, everyone's got their own moveset and they have to unlock all these abilities as the game goes on. It could be a lot to keep up with. But my man, the dude in the chat, just shouted out what I would have answered. Give me an FF10 style Kingdom Hearts game where you seamlessly, you seamlessly cycle between your party members. Like you said, each one has their own advantage, their own specialty. Because in some RPGs, I fall into the trap of where I'm like, well, these are my favorite four characters and I'm just going to play as these four characters the whole time because I love them yeah. the most. Whereas in FF10, as you were kind of alluding to, each character kind of had their own niche or their own specialty. Mm -hmm. You really did need to use everybody and i think right when you have kingdom hearts and you have all these characters that you have to use to divide them up into trios is going to be pretty tough but if you create a game where you could maybe package six seven eight nine of them and have them go on a journey and make it turn-based this way you can get them all involved in the combat that's a genre and a style of gameplay i would love to see them dive into with a warrior I love that warrior style game as a close second yeah did you ever did you ever play the 13 trilogy, Landy? I played Final Fantasy 13 when I was younger. I really liked one. it. I thought it was I thought it was a good I time. like it too. It's not I, perfect. And I know it's very a, divisive. It's not top shelf Final Fantasy. It's 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 That's fair. I, I love it for a lot of reasons, but from a gameplay perspective, it is really stilted. Yeah, but story, one of the things it story did and soundtrack is is in my opinion. Absolutely. Good. Character yeah. uh, character diversity, story, yeah. like plot and its story arc and uh, its environments and music. Fantastic. The actual game combat mechanic, ugh, rough. But one ah, thing they did yeah. was called the paradigm system, yes. where you could actually change the arrangement of your party in such yep. a way that they have different specialties. So what if you took the trios and put them into paradigms? So Sora, Riku, Kairi could have a particular paradigm skill set, and then yes. Roxas, Axel, Shion could have a paradigm. That I would, I would, I would pay so much money for that type of concept where you can switch between them in, in that context. That would be fantastic. Well, okay, just a little off topic. It's in my backlog. I have a very a very long one. Let me see if I can let me see if I can pull it up. But in this very extensive and long backlog, I have the thirteen <laughs> I have the thirteen trilogy written down. I've never played thirteen two and I haven't played Lightning's Return Lightning Returns. Is it worth it, KH Guides? I would say so. Okay. I would say so. Um as Shadowfly mentions in chat 
13 has great character arcs, uh, and 13-2 is a solid improvement on 13's baseline in terms of combat. Um, 13-1, I guess if you could call it that, has very stilted combat with a lot of difficulty spikes. Okay. And uh, once you get used to it, it's pretty great, but it's still a little stilted. 13-2 uh, fixes a lot of that and really takes it in a, in a big direction. Tell and uh, 13-3s are... Lightning Returns. Yeah. Lightning Returns is wild, honestly. I want to go play it again because I think it, it's the it Seven ha- Remake team. I think the Seven Remake team. Oh, really? Worked on oh. Lightning Returns. I could be wrong. I'll uh, I'll fact check that. It's good. It's uh, it's it's very unique. It has a really interesting like overall mechanic mm-hmm. that you have to play within the parameters of that make it a very interesting play. Something that I've never. Well, I guess it does have a, a parallel game, but I'm not going to say it to spoil, but. I would recommend it. If you if you enjoy any element of Final Fantasy thirteen, especially the story element, I would highly recommend continuing on. I, I as someone who really enjoyed thirteen, I, I don't know how the story rounds out. I've watched the cutscenes for thirteen too. Um mm-hmm. man, what an ending. Um but I don't know what goes on in Lightning Returns and I've uh, I've always kinda wanted to circle back on it. Um I'm looking for it. I can't find it quickly. So don't take that one to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to <laughs> verify that, uh, you're going you're gonna to have to because I don't know. But I think, I think it was the Lightning Returns team that uh, worked on yeah. 7 Remake. But that's another conversation for another day. Uh, let's see. Justin Waffle wants to know if he can copy your homework. Sure, but you got to take notes. <laughs> got to take your own notes. Yeah, 13.3. Yes, 13.3. While I have some complaints on character arcs being regressed a bit, but gameplay is amazing, and the plot connects to the, the thirteen trilogy to Final Fantasy as a whole. Well, I do, yeah, I do like hearing that. But it would appear as though the questions have relatively dried up. Dried up. I wanted to shout out Mookie because I agree with this one statement: when they make a Kingdom Hearts Warriors game, it'll be the best one yet, and I think he's right about that. Um, yeah, best Warriors game yet for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but I do want to wrap us up here. I do want to get us to the end. We've been at it for an hour and 45 minutes. Completely flew by, man. Um, but nice. before we do, uh, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving your final word on the title topic back into the whole, you know, Kingdom Hearts and Disney thing. Let people know what you got going on, where they could find you. I'll uh, I'll be dropping your links in the chat. But uh, okay. the floor is yours, Sounds my good. friend. Cool. Sounds good. So, yeah, I think my final word on whether Disney still belongs or should belong in the first place into Kingdom Hearts is yes. Is it a problem? It ha- it can be. I think Disney is both a problem and a solution. It's a problem when there's no interactivity or immersion into the worlds of Disney, um, and Disney is heavy-handed in terms of the way that they represent their characters. But it's also a solution in keeping the, the entire Kingdom Hearts series grounded in fantasy. I think that element is crucial to the Kingdom Hearts formula that got established with the first game and continuing onwards is we don't want Kingdom Hearts to be <laughs> taken too seriously. Right. We need that Disney element to keep it light, to keep it magical, and also to keep it immersive. I feel like if it's too too intense in its own ways, um, yeah, it, it's just the balance would be gone there. It's kind of the balance between light and darkness if you want to boil it down, but uh, no, it, it, I think it's necessary, but it's a problem when it doesn't work and it's a solution when it does. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my final word on it. Um, in terms of me, <laughs> you can, uh, find KH guys on Twitch. We do streams Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and every 13th of the month over at twitch.tv slash KH guys. We do have a YouTube channel 
where we post video tutorial series uh, for the Kingdom Hearts games. We build guides for the boss battles, mini games, uh, some of the gameplay mechanics in Kingdom Hearts that we're working on as well. And we also have cageguides.com. That's uh, where we build our guides and walkthroughs. Um, they're entirely free to use. They're, it's an ad-free experience at this point. Um, and we've built those to be a uh, kind of a companion to your uh, Kingdom Hearts playthrough, whether you're a first-time player or you're a diehard uh, veteran of the series. But feel free to go check it out whenever you want. Um, and guys, don't forget about KH20. If you guys have not purchased your badges for KH20, go do that quickly. They are running out fast. Um, we sold out a VIP a long time ago, but we still have some uh, standard event badges left here uh, for, for, for a little while. But be sure to go check that out. Again, it's khguides.com slash kh20 for that. Um, and I just want to say, Landy, thank you so much for having me on the lodge again. Um, it has been a fantastic almost two hours that have really flown by. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm so glad I got to talk about this topic with you. Dude, likewise, you know, I, I've wanted to have this uh, conversation on the podcast for a long time. I, I really couldn't think of anybody better to do it with than you. I, I think you knocked it out of the park. I think we had a great conversation. I think you made a lot of good points. Uh, and you've got a knowledge about the Disney brand that I don't have. So you were able to bring something to the table that I just simply couldn't. So thank you for doing that. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, KH Guides, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He's one of the best streamers on the Twitch platform. Let's uh, let's work together. Let's get his YouTube up to 1,000 subs. He's coming up on it. I put all those links in the chat for you sickos. Make sure you support this man. He really is, he really is a great time. I love tuning into his streams. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to our newest follower on Twitch, Emmy Luna Games, and for Mo Chocolate for cheering some bits. Uh, Yo, let's go, Emmy. Let's go, Emmy. I want to give a huge shout-out to Corey. Our newest sage. What an absolute legend. Thank you so much, dude. Really appreciate it. And honestly, all of you have been hanging, especially here in the YouTube chat, which has been so active for this podcast. The guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I love having you in here. Love answering your questions, interacting with all of you. You guys are the best. But we're going to wrap it up here. Sickos and normies, it's been real. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.